Hey everyone, welcome back to the Westbridge Church Podcast. To learn more about Westbridge Church, including our service times, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com. This week's message comes from Pastor John McDougall, and we hope it encourages you to take your next step in your faith journey. Thank you, worship team, and good morning, church family. Happy New Year to everyone. Excited to uh, begin this new year with our eyes fixed on our Lord, and last week just thinking about, uh, we were, our family was away, but, um, but celebrating with the truth that Pastor Kyle brought of the hope we have in Christ, and our future is beautiful because we have the promise of His presence. Our, uh, that end picture of a perfect God, eternity with our perfect God, with a, uh, a perfect people in a perfect place. And this past week I was reflecting on James 1 and where um, part of our battle with temptation, God reminds us there at the end of that first section, uh, he says, do not be deceived, every good and perfect gift is from the Father of the heavenly lights. And so even as we journey in this imperfect world, we have a God who gives us good and perfect gifts, just what we need, just as we need them. And so excited to, to journey into 2022 with, as a church family. Quick preview, next week we begin our New Year's message series. It's a three-week series called Momentum. And if you want to get a jump on it, you can uh, go ahead and dig into Romans 12. I'm excited about how this is just going to be the fuel that will lead to a fresh start as we go into 2022, seeking to follow the Lord with all of our heart. And then the next, uh, after that series, so last week in January, we'll launch a series that will take us really through until uh, Summerfest in June, and and that's a great thought on this morning as the snow flies, but it's the book of Acts we're going to be digging into. And the sermon series is called Reset Around Our Witness will be the focus. But uh, also wanted to just give a heads up on next week is the week we officially uh, do our, our one word challenge as well as our reading plan, our reading challenge. And if you're new to the ch- our church family, this is just one of those uh, soul transformation practices that, that we do. It's not a, a must do, but an option where you pick one word connected to a verse or a passage of scripture to focus on throughout the year. So this is the week we prayerfully just consider where may God be, where might God be working in our hearts, and then pick a word. And the benefit of this, or the um, where this is helpful, is two, twofold. It helps us focus throughout the year. So um, you know, after normally in February we forget where uh, what our goals were and and where we were headed. And so one word throughout the year, it's simple, keeps us focused. It's connected to a truth that hopefully that truth just becomes part of our thinking. And then it also is helpful as we do life together. And it's a neat way just to say, hey, what's your one word? Like, what's, what's God doing in your heart? We can pray for each other in small groups and ministry teams and stuff like that. So that'll be next Sunday. We'll, uh, we'll be, uh, I'll explain a little bit more around that at that time. But today is a special day in that it's our day of prayer. We have two days of prayer, one to start the ministry year and then one to start the new year. And really the big goal today is just be encouraged around living in, in prayerful dependence on our, our Father. And today specifically it's going to be around how do we win the fight that, that God has uh, as we do life and, and help each other in that as well. So a couple weeks ago I mentioned a guy named Dallas Willard who is he's a, a, a academic professor out at, on the West Coast 
Christ follower. His focus was soul care and spiritual formation. And he had the ability to take complex ideas and, and put them in a quote that just sticks. And I don't know if you enjoy quotes, but I, I listed a few here just to give us a, a, a sampling. One quote is, he says, the most important thing in your life is not what you do, it's who you become. That's what you will take into eternity. Another quote, he says, what is spiritual maturity? He says this, the mature disciple is the one who effortlessly does what Jesus would do in his or her place. That's a good, a good description. Another quote, what is reality, he was asked. And he said this, reality is what you can count on. Pain is what you experience when you bump into reality. <laughs> it's good. And I would add this. What is sanity? Sanity is the courage to face reality. So with this in view, may I share a little reality. <laughs> it's going to be hard, all right? A little, it's, it's tough to look at, but, but it's, it's a reality we must face. And here it is. In the realm of, in the spiritual realm, we are in a fight. Now, I know most of us would say, okay, John, yes, I know that. Um, tell me something that I don't already know. But here's the danger I, I believe we all face. It's that we underestimate our enemy and overestimate our own strength as we face the fight that we're in. And so today, the prayer is that we would be equipped from God's word to win the fight. The, the bad news is we are in a fight. We're in a war, spiritual war. We have an enemy who is real. We have a, our own flesh and sinful desires that lead us astray. And we have a world around us that's an echo chamber to the lies of our enemy. But we have um, God's word to equip us with everything we need to win the fight that we're in. So the, today the, uh, the, this message will be framed by five, uh, four words that will take us into equipping us to, uh, to win the fight. And so the words are sifted, stand, strengthen, and then sent. Four words to remember and pack with us and to apply to our lives as we follow Christ. So the first word is that to remember is sifted. We find this word in Luke chapter 22, verse 31 to 34. Here Jesus is talking. The disciples have just been arguing about who's greatest, so pride is at play in their lives. And, and uh, Jesus says this to to Simon, 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 Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. So it's that idea, the sifting of, of where you would violently shake wheat to separate the, the good from the bad, or the chaff from the, uh, the seed. Notice it's plural. He, he's asked to sift all of the disciples. And he says, but I have prayed for you, Simon. And notice what our Lord prays that your faith may not fail, and when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. And Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you know me. Satan has demanded to shake you violently. As, as wheat is shaken violently, so it is. Um, so does our enemy seek to do to our lives so that our faith would fail. As we look at this scene, I, again, I'm reminded that 
and as we see our Lord's response, the, the warning to us today is we underestimate our enemy and we overestimate our own strength. The challenge to us would, would be this today. As we begin this new year, prepare to be sifted. Several observations in this text. First, we have an unseen enemy who desires to sift us like wheat. So this is, a, and that idea of shaking is the uh, violent, it's a, uh, for, for, and we, we can see in Peter's life, it was that um, where, where uh, he's facing the crisis and he's facing really social pressure and he didn't realize his weakness that, that um, when everyone left and when, you know, he, the, the girl at the fire said, hey, you know Christ, that he would even, that, that would take him out. Um, there was a, a pride in his heart that he wasn't aware of. It again brings us back to that warning. A second observation is God allows us to be sifted. This leaves us wondering why. You know, um, this is that part of the question that Job asked: um, Why does God allow us to be sifted? And remember the answer that that God gave Job. He doesn't give him a clear explanation. He gives him a a uh, convincing revelation of himself, and that was enough. You know, some questions God does not answer, and, and this is one of them, but we know that sifting, um, he allows it. I like the fact that the devil has to ask permission. Um, he's on a short leash, and yet God does allow us to experience sifting. The uh, third observation is our faith in Christ is where our enemy is aiming his attack. This coming year, where will the, uh, our adversary be coming after you? It will be at your faith, the point of faith, trusting God. And the, uh, the aim of our Lord's, we see this as Jesus says, as he's praying, the aim of our Lord's prayer for, for Peter is that your faith may not fail. I have prayed for you, Simon. And then the fourth observation is our failure is not the end of the story. And don't you love this? That even before Peter fails, our Lord sees it and he's preparing to restore him. He says, and when you have turned back, it's not over. And then the fifth observation is, God's grace is just amazing. And again, flows out of the, the previous observation, but just seeing the grace of our God over Peter's life, over your life, over my life, and there's comfort in this, isn't there? There will be times this, this year that we're going to fail, um, but God's grace, his restoring grace is sufficient. I love the way Peter wraps up his letter. You know, First Peter chapter 5, he gets to the end of it. Do you remember... What's his warning to everybody? He's like, be sober, be alert, You're the, because the devil, like a roaring lion, is Roman, seeking whom he may devour. But then he gets to the, the doxology right after that, and he says, may the God of all grace um, strengthen you. And he goes on with just this picture of God, God's grace at work in our lives as well. And so may we, the, uh, the word sifted today, just be a, a sobering reality check for us. That we're not playing games, you know. Um, we have an enemy who seeks, who demands to sift us. But here's the good news. By the power of God, through his word, we can stand. The second word is stand firm in our faith. When the sifting comes, we can stand. To which we say, how? How do we do this? And we see this in the second text that we'll, we'll focus on today. This is where we'll pick up Ephesians. We were, we've been in Ephesians in the, this fall Left this for today, and it's Ephesians 6, 10 to 20. 
where Paul says, finally. So he's writing to these people that he loves. He comes to the, uh, the end of his letter to them, and he says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I think this is so important, especially as we deal with conflict with other people, just to remember that the, the enemy is not that person. The enemy is the enemy. He's the one who's seeking to divide, and he's the one that we need to to, uh, to overcome. He goes on and says in verse 13, therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the evil day comes, not if it comes, but when the evil day comes, you may be able to stand your ground. After you have done everything to stand, stand firm. So if you were to put a caption over this text, I, I think one of them, a, a good caption could be stand. When the evil day comes, which it will come, we will be Um, the enemy will seek to sift us we can stand and we stand not in our own strength but in the power of our lord familiar passage here but i but i think it's so important of all the text when it comes to spiritual warfare this is one that i hope everyone every person in our church family you know this cold you know it well because you practice it you're putting this on this is like the fundamentals going out onto a football field we put on the helmet we put on the pads we, we must come back to this, and I would say probably at least once a week we're coming back and making sure we're praying these things on, putting these, these, uh, the armor that God has made available to us. He will help us stand, but we won't be able to stand unless we are making use of what he's given us. And so just walking through these quickly, it says, stand firm then, verse 14, with the belt of truth buckled around our waist. Where do we get the truth? It's his word. It's allowing him to define reality, what we can count on. And then with the breastplate of righteousness in place. This is the the body armor. Two aspects to this. One is the imputed righteousness of Christ. We don't stand in our own righteousness, but through faith in Christ, we stand in his righteousness. So when the enemy whispers, you're a loser, you're a a sinner, you don't deserve God's um, goodness or his grace, we say, you're right. I stand in the righteousness of Christ. When we come to faith in him, we get his righteousness. But it also is the practical righteousness where we, we, we stand in his righteousness, but then we decide, I, I want with all my heart to do what is right with the right heart. And we grow to be, become more like him. So we put this on. And then we, uh, our feet are fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. This is um, living with uh, shoes that are ready or a, uh, a readiness to go share the gospel um, because of the peace that we've received from Christ, we want to sh- be active in, in sharing that with others. And then he says, in addition to this, take up the shield of faith which, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. A picture of, of uh, when the enemy whispers a lie, we're, we're um, trusting God and holding um, through faith, we're able to overcome that. And then take the helmet of salvation. This is the hope that God has given us, that through faith in Jesus Christ, we, are, uh, we have been saved, justified, we are being saved, sanctified, and we will be saved, the glor- glorified um, phase of our salvation. And then he says, um, and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's interesting here, this is the, the Word of God, it's the word rhema. When God uses, when, uh, when you see the, 
the, uh, the word word in scripture, it could be graphe, um, which is the idea of the written scripture. It could be lagos, the idea of the, the sum total knowledge of God. This is an interesting word. It's rhema, which is the spoken word of God. And the word sword there refers not to the, the big, uh, the, the long sword, but rather the dagger with which you make a death blow. And so it's this picture of knowing the promises of God. And when the enemy comes at you with a lie, you're able to respond with a death blow. We know God's word. We're swinging it with skill for, for the fight. My brothers and sisters, there's one uh, thing that I think God wants us, and that wants us to hear, wants us to apply and to live in is that when the time of sifting comes, when the evil day comes, you can stand. You can. It's by His power. It's through His Word, but it's as we armor up. And maybe today, I know as I look at, we're all probably facing some sort of a sifting or tempting, but I hope that, that you are encouraged today just to know that, that we are able to stand firm in our faith, <clears throat> as we follow Christ. And then the, uh, the third word to remember is the word strengthen. So we see this word back in Luke chapter uh, 22, verse 32. If you head back, uh, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail, and when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Here we get a glimpse of, of how God uses our, time of sift, our times of sifting or what one of his purposes may be in those times in that as we are sifted, we gain a capacity to strengthen those around us as they go through their times of, of sifting. To which we ask, okay, how? What's this look like? How do we strengthen those around us as we... Uh, as we follow Christ. And one of the, the answers, one way that we do this, we see in Ephesians chapter 6, the last part of that text where he says, verse 18, Paul says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly Make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. And so, say, so, okay, how do we strengthen each other? As we see one another going through a, a time of, of temptation or a time of sifting, and the, the simple answer is the gift of intercession, the gift of prayer. Say, so what's that look like? And we see in this text several observations. First, we're to pray in the Spirit. So what's that mean? It means we're sensitive to the Spirit's lead. As we pray for those around us, we're asking, Lord, um, bring to mind the needs, the people. And when He does, we're aiming prayer at that point of, uh, point of need. We see the, uh, the strongholds in a person's life. Maybe it's somebody hurts you and you what it reveals is a, a place that, where they need um, us to aim prayer. We see the, uh, a person going through a trial, getting sifted and seeing their faith begin to shake. And so we, we aim prayer at that point. Second, we're to, uh, uh, we're to be 
as we pray, we're to be alert. So we're to pray in the Spirit. And then he says, uh, be, um, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. So like a soldier standing watch, as we do life together, we're to be watching, okay, where, where is the enemy coming after people? And then being faithful to pray towards that point of need. Even right now, I would ask, who in your life is struggling? Who is uh, someone who is going through that, that time of sifting? And um, even this morning, may we be lifting them up. And then the third observation is we're to keep on praying. Notice he says there in verse uh, 18, keep, always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. I think there's that temptation to grow weary in our prayer for each other, wondering, you know, is this even helping? And, and here God is calling us to, to pray on, to persevere, to endure, to keep on praying, not to lose hope, but to pray on. May we be faithful to strengthen our brothers and sisters through prayer. Love this picture of our Lord praying for Peter, you know? And again, I you think, okay, why doesn't the Lord just take the sifting away? But there's something that God is, is doing through the battle, through the sifting that, that we need. And yet, um, our Lord is praying. Even today, as our faithful high priest, he prays. And then I love the picture of Paul saying, hey, pray. And pray for me as I'm in the battle. The... Uh, there was a, a God moment or a, a personal God moment. A couple weeks ago, I mentioned how writing down your prayers is a great way to, to grow your faith because then when you see God do, do what he does, you're able to look back, jot down the answer to the prayer. And, and this was in the realm of importance. This was a very low-level importance prayer. But I'll, I'll share it with you. We in context it a little bit in that, um, you know how in, as you do life, there's certain things that come your way, certain moments when you just fall madly in love with whatever that thing is. You know, just it syncs up with your personality and, and the gift of life, and, and that may be your spouse. I know in high school, um, Tam, with, for me, was that thing I fell in, or the woman I fell in love with. Lower kind of love. The first time I went over a ski slope in Greencastle, there was a hill over there, and the speed and the adrenaline and all that stuff, I was, it was love at first sight. So we went up to uh, Milwaukee for eight years to do as a youth pastor. And so every year, you know, it was part of their culture up there to go skiing. And, and again, fell in love. But I, but I heard about the mountains. And I, so I put on my bucket list. I have 12 things on my bucket list. And one of them was to ski a mountain with, somebody, with the, the people that I love. And the bucket list things we hold loosely. And those may be satisfied in heaven. But if, if they're satisfied here on earth, they're worship moments, Right. So um, we had the opportunity this past, um, as we planned and saved and looked ahead, this past week to go out to Denver, Colorado and ski a mountain with the people that we love, Winter Park. And the, but two weeks prior, I hadn't been watching the weather because I assumed if you book a ski trip in December, late December, snow is going to be available, right? I mean, they're, they're skiing by Thanksgiving. But do you know they were having big droughts in Denver and praying for the, the, uh, the fires and the uh, victims of those who are part of the drought effect. But, um, but they, were, they had no snow at the ski lifts. So two weeks, and I hadn't been watching this, but I looked at it. Winter Park has 166 lifts. Guess how many, or uh, runs. Guess how many were open? Seven. There, there was no snow. They can't make enough snow to, to get these things going. And so I'm thinking, okay, 
we're not going back. This is a once in a lifetime. We have saved up. We're, we're all getting older. I'm getting older. <laughs> and uh, this is it. And so I said, uh, should I pray about this? And I thought, I'm going to pray about this. And so here was my prayer. You have not because you ask not, James. So I prayed this. You're almighty God, good beyond measure. I'm just one kid among millions. But I would ask first that your will be done. I understand that you know best and you see the big picture. And I don't just submit to that, but I delight in it. But from my vantage point, I would like to ask you for a gift. Would you drop between 6 and 12 inches of snow on Winter Park for our family and for your glory? Thank you. A small ask compared to spiritual matters of salvation. That was two weeks ahead. That day, guess how many inches fell on Winter Park? 11. And then Christmas Eve, another 8. We made it out there on Christmas Day, and do you know what happened nearly every day that we were there? We woke up to fresh powder. 3 inches, 4 inches, 4 inches, and we left in a snowstorm. Was God doing that for me? I think he's big enough. (laughs) But you know, as I wrote up those lifts and I looked at every piece of snow on those trees and on the ground, it was just a reminder to me that that, uh, our God is awesome in his perfect gifts. It was a reminder to me to pray, you know, not just for snow, that's a little thing, but that he's given us the privilege of praying for the faith of our loved ones, that their faith would stand that when they face the trials of life and the mountains of life, and I picture the, uh, you know, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, and they would not fear, but rather with faith face those mountains. The devil tries to get us shaken, get us fearful, but that we would go. There was one run near the end of the week that we were, um, I was following the kids, and we're coming down this mountain, just flying around, and on the right side of the path, it was smooth. On the left side of the path, there were some bumps, and as I'm flying around, Laura was in the lead. She hits a bump and gets air. Jesse follows, hits the bump and gets air. Chad follows, hits the bump and gets air, and to me, it's like, yes, the bumps in life, the trials in life, the temptations in life, the challenges of life, the sifting moments in life are not something to fear, but rather face with faith, knowing that we can be strong in the Lord. And I love the way Isaiah puts it, so that those who hope in the Lord don't just jump it. We mount up with wings like eagles by the power of God and for his glory. And so sifted, standing, strengthened, and strengthening. And then the final word is sent. Why is it so important that we stand firm and that we strengthen each other? And it's because we have been sent by God. John chapter uh, 20, verse 21, Jesus is speaking post-resurrection to his disciples. And he says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. We know how the... uh, it, it plays out and as he sends us with the gospel to make disciples. And we see Paul there, latter part of, verse, of uh, Ephesians 6, verses 19 and 20, as he says, Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Interesting as we see Paul 
who I think we would all consider bold and, and brave, but he's in a season of sifting. And what's he praying for? What's he asking them to pray for? And it's that he would boldly proclaim the mystery of the gospel, the good news, that salvation is found through faith in Jesus Christ alone. Why must we stand? Why must we strengthen each other? And it's so that we will be faithful to live sent with the message of the gospel. And so the harsh reality today is that the fight is on. We're in a fight. The good news is that we can win this fight. Four words to pack and apply to our lives. Sifted, stand, strengthen, and sent. And I pray today that God would just encourage your heart, equip you for what he has ahead of you so that, you, that we all might be faithful to do the good that he's called us to do. As we wrap up today, I think just, again, fixing our eyes on Jesus. And don't you love the picture of, of our Lord when he came to earth, sent by his Father to bring us redemption? What happened when his public ministry began? What was the first, the first phase of his public ministry? It says the Spirit led him out to the desert to be tempted, to be sifted. At the end of his ministry, as he was kneeling in Gethsemane, what happened? He was being sifted. And yet, he did not seek his own will, seek his own glory, or shy away from the will of the Father. He stood firm for you and for me to make salvation possible so that we might be able to stand firm through his strength as we've come to know him by faith. And today as we um, come to our time of prayer, just I think the first phase is just worship and thanking him for, for what he's done for us faithfully, taking our sin to the cross, dying in our place so that we might have life. But as we pray, I would also um, just encourage us, and I'll just walk us through a, a time of prayer but just uh, thinking through these four, four words. And so if you would, just join me in prayer. We'll begin by armoring up. Father, we, uh, we thank you that we can stand firm in our faith. And we, just, uh, we take these moments now to put on the full armor of God. And so we start with the belt of truth. I encourage you now just to to buckle that on, ask God to help you live by his truth. Next, the breastplate of righteousness. Just thank him for the righteousness that we have in Christ. But also ask him to help you do the right thing with the right heart. Putting on the the shoes, feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, ready to share the gospel. Taking the shield of faith, putting on the helmet of salvation, celebrating the reality that we are a saved people, thanking him for that. Hope is secure. Taking up the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God.
Now with the Spirit's help, would, would you pray for whoever it is that comes to your mind? Somebody who is being sifted, someone in a season of trial? Would you pray that their faith would stand? pray that we would live for our own heart to live with courage as we've been sent to share the message of hope with those around us. And then would you lift up though, as you think about one person who doesn't know Christ, one life. Pray that God would open their eyes to the beauty of the gospel. Lord, we thank you for your word that equips us, that encourages us, that, that strengthens us for the fight. Thank you that we can stand firm in our faith. And Lord, as we look ahead to this new year, we know that that we are in a battle. We know that you've warned us again and again that uh, the enemy is real. But we thank you that, that we have hope, not in our own strength, but in, in your mighty power. Help us to live standing, strengthening, and sent by you this year. And we pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk and believe it would be helpful for others, please be sure to subscribe or share. To experience other messages or find helpful resources, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com.